Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Welcome to the Spoiler and the Rewatcher. That easily could have been the name of our podcast. Even though it's not as catchy as the fanboy and the hater, it does accurately describe me and Mike. On this episode, we're going to discuss two things that come up a lot on this podcast, spoilers and rewatchability. Hey Mike, you love spoilers, right? If you want to see a grown-ish man throw a childlike fit, spoil a movie that I'm excited for. (laughs) As a forewarning, I may get violent. You can hurl all the insults you want at me all day long. I'll shrug them off. I won't care. Spoil something like that, and that's how you're going to get me to be violent. As far as rewatchability, if I find something entertaining, it's rewatchable for me. That's a big thing with me. I like rewatching things I enjoy because then I keep enjoying it, Uh, which for me kind of started around when I was 17 or so, uh, living with a bunch of friends. There was always people over. We didn't have cable. It was a thick brick building, so antennas didn't work. So basically, we just watched the same five, ten movies that we had because we we're also extremely broke. So we only had five to ten movies. We couldn't buy any more. So we just watched those over and over, mainly being South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, which is why you've been listening to me singing songs from that over and over again. <laughs> uh, and Beavis and Butthead Do America was another one we watched a lot. Ah, uh, okay. That and makes pretty sense. much those two every day. And then we would kind of switch it up a little bit with the other ones. Okay, I can see that definitely making sense from your history of, of rewatchability. I'm somewhat similar. When I was younger, we had cable growing up, and I ended up rewatching the same movies over and over again just because on cable they played the same movies <laughs> over and over and over again. So I rewatched a lot of movies to the point where I could basically turn the sound off and I could just do all of the lines. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And for some of them, it like wasn't even like a good movie. It was just on so much, I could just recite all the lines to even movies that I don't like or can't even remember the names of. So rewatchability became this sort of a natural thing. Nowadays, we have, at least for me, there's so many things to watch, and it's so hard for me to choose what I want to watch. Sometimes I get lazy and just rewatch something that I've seen before, because it's an easier choice in trying to pick what of the hundreds of things I haven't seen yet that I should actually try to watch. Do you have some specific examples of things that that people have spoiled for you? Recently, somebody spoiled a bunch of the Arrowverse. (laughs) I wonder who that was. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) The reason I don't like spoilers so much is because... What determines rewatchability for me is the emotional connection I have with it, with the movie or the TV show or whatever it is. And if it's spoiled for me, I don't develop as strong of an emotional reaction to it. So like if I know what's going to happen already, I'm going, oh, this is where this part happens in the first watch. I've already seen this. And so I'm not in it. 
how is that different than on the first rewatch? It's already kind of pre-spoiled. Yeah. So how is that different than before? Because I already have that emotional anchor. Okay. To it. So I'm feeling the same things I felt the first time I watched it because I'm remembering how I felt the first time I watched it. So is that what you're rewatching for is to rekindle the feeling of watching it the first time? Partially, but also the rewatching it is where I'm picking it apart. Okay. And I'm looking at, okay, where are the plot holes? How do the plot, how does the plot work? How doesn't it work in the areas where it doesn't work? Are there ways, are there other things that happen through the movie that can explain why it works that aren't otherwise obvious? I'm looking at things in the background, like, you know, there's so many movies, like Kevin Smith movies and stuff, and they're Deadpool. I mean, there's so much going on in the background that you don't normally catch. So that's the stuff that I'm looking for. I'm looking at all the details and the acting and stuff like that. that that's where I'm really diving into the nuts and bolts of it while still having that emotional anchor. But if I don't get that first emotional anchor, I don't care to do that. So on the first time through, you're just trying to take it in without engaging your critical minds. Right. Okay. Somewhat. I mean, you can't completely not engage the critical mind, but yeah, I'm just trying to go for the ride. Spoilers don't bother me at all, especially for me nowadays, because there are just so many things to watch. I often use spoilers to help me decide what I should watch. Spoilers don't spoil a watch for me. It helps me pick what to watch. Also, I use it to focus my attention on the key plot points. Yeah, I know what's coming, but it doesn't I'm not looking for an emotional anchor. It's like knowing what's coming lets me pay attention to what happens up until that point. Which is some of the things that you do on the first or subsequent rewatches. I just use the spoilers to help me just jump right to that on the very first watch of something. I kind of wonder if that's partially why you tend to not like things as much because you're not getting that emotional ride. I mean, there are times where I do watch something where I don't don't know anything about it and I have a chance to have an emotional reaction to it. But I don't know. Maybe for me, it's just like I have a tendency to be negative. Anyway, most things I go into, spoiled or not, I've already decided I don't like them. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So knowing ahead of time going into it doesn't make much of a difference to me. A good example of this would be the final season of Game of Thrones. Spoilers. Spoilers. I mean, at this point... You know Jim's going to spoil everything. I'm going to spoil everything, but I mean, this is last year. We're recording this in February of, of 2020. So if you care about Game of Thrones, you know what happened during Game of Thrones' final season. So the final season of Game of Thrones, I hadn't renewed my HBO subscription at that point, so we were actually re-watching that here at your house. The episodes came out on Sunday night. We watched them at Mike's house on Tuesday night. So in between, Monday morning, I read the episode summaries. So I found out exactly what was going to happen, and then I came over here on Tuesday night to watch it. So I knew things like, Arya kills the Night King. Spoiler! That didn't ruin that episode for me. It's like, I could then pay attention to, where's Arya going in the episode before she kills the Night King? Who are they faking us out with? Is it Jon Snow who's going to kill the Night King? It made me pay attention to that aspect of the episode and didn't in any way ruin it for me because knowing that she was going to do it didn't take away how awesome her killing the Night King was the way that she did it. But it took away the surprise. It took away the surprise. And the surprise is part of the emotional run. Surprise, I guess, is not as important to me. Huh. 
you like the surprise. Maybe that's the artistic side of me. I mean, I've worked on short, small film type things like local stuff, nothing anybody would ever see or anything. But I've also re- always really wanted to be in that world. And so maybe that's part of it for me is I, I understand or see there's a vision going into it on how it's going to be seen. And I want to see it in that way. If I know what's going to happen, then I'm not seeing it in that artistic way. And so I'm not, I'm not getting the full brunt of it. I guess for me, like I knowing ahead of time what's going to happen lets me in some ways appreciate that artistic aspect because I can focus my attention again on what I should be paying attention to. Right. But again, that's the rewatchability part. Well, that's a rewatchability for you. But like to me, it saves me the need to rewatch some things. I suppose. I don't rewatch to recover or rekindle the emotional anchor or something like that. I rewatch something because I really enjoyed it enough that I do want to watch it again because it was so good. Or I do want to look for things I may not have seen the first time through. Right. But for me, sometimes by getting it spoiled, I watch it once and that's all I need to watch of things. Well, for me, if, if I watched it that first time and I don't get that emotional connection, it's not really that good to me. I don't care about those plot points. I don't care about all the other stuff because it's not an enjoyable movie for me. So I don't need to go back and rewatch it either. Okay. So if I'm going to go back and actually pick it apart, it's because I enjoy it already. We'll get into some specific examples later, but just because I decide not to rewatch something doesn't automatically mean it's bad. Yeah, it just means you don't enjoy it. Well, no, I enjoyed it enough, yeah. but not that I don't need to see it again. Well, we'll give a, another kind of peek behind the scenes of the podcast here, and that's, that's actually one thing we struggle with is you being the hater on, on so much of the content, we struggle picking something to talk about because you would have to go back and rewatch something you hated, and you don't want to have to do that. So that, it becomes difficult to decide what we want to talk about. Or even if it's not something that I hated... Just needing to rewatch something in order for us to talk about it for something that I really didn't have any great enthusiasm to go rewatch. Right. And that's just the thing. In general, you rewatch things a lot more than I do. So a lot of times it's like, even if it was something that I thought was a, was okay or good, I'm not really all that excited to rewatch something. I feel like, and, and podcast for me, at least, I don't know if this is the same for you. Podcast prep rewatching is a different type of rewatching for me. Yeah. I'm pausing. I'm taking notes. I'm thinking about how does this flow? If it's a television show, how the seasons flow. Mm -hmm. If it's a movie, how the different parts, the different acts within the movie are constructed. I'm scribbling down favorite lines. I'm maybe even rewinding and rewatching something as opposed to like regular rewatching where I'm just rewatching it for the fun of it. Right. Podcast prep rewatching for me is a very different thing. Yeah, and that's why I don't really like doing episodes on new movies because I, I want to watch it a couple times. So usually for me to do a podcast episode on it, I want to watch it the first time through just fresh, second time through to kind of absorb, and then a third time through to take notes. But then that also, <laughs> as you've seen, the way that I take notes, I find hilarious. So I get distracted by my note-taking just because I'm so entertained by my own note-taking that I stop paying attention fully to what's going on, too. So I've got to kind of sometimes backtrack and rewatch again. And Well, going back to what you were saying earlier, too, about 
sometimes it's a movie that I hated. I don't want to rewatch it. But even if it's something we decide to do, going back to your point, you might want to rewatch it multiple times yeah. before we can do an episode because you want to f- make sure that you have what you want to say. But on, on a similar note, too, there, are, there have been movies for me that I initially didn't really like. Then we'll go back and watch it again, and it gets better. So there, there's that, like, Justice League. Mm-hmm. I know that's gotten a lot of hate. Actually, same with uh, Batman v Superman. Get, gets a lot of hate. I've gone back and rewatched them just because I want to like them. And upon rewatching, I still say both of those I like better every time I watch them. I can relate to that with television shows. Doctor Who is one of my favorite television shows of all time. Because of the premise of that show, the lead actor changes on a regular basis because that's the whole way that that show works. The first season, when there's a change in who's playing the doctor, I usually don't like it. After I rewatch it, I do. So it takes me a, a second rewatch to appreciate more of what was happening. Hashtag not my doctor. I never get to that level. Some people get really angry about it. But for me, it's just like, it's a little bit jarring at first. And there's usually a change in style. Again, it doesn't, it happens a lot with Doctor Who because most shows don't change their lead actor on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's, it can be a rather sharp contrast when they do that. So it usually takes me a second watch through at least before I at least get to appreciate or like it. So I, I find that a bit more with television shows, maybe not as much with movies, but you've also had the opposite happen too. Rewatches have made you start to hate movies like Shazam, yeah. for yeah. example. Yeah. Again, if, if upon first watching it was entertaining, but then when you watch it over and realize there's no depth to it and it's just one liner after one liner and they're obvious one line, like Aquaman's another one. I really don't like Aquaman. I want to like it. It looks so good, and the actors are gorgeous. And there's line delivery that's there, and there's a plot that's okay. But it's just forced joke after forced joke, and they're obvious, and they're stupid, and there's not really... There's no depth, because <laughs> there's an ocean. <laughs> there's no depth to it, and there's nothing there. and There's nothing to latch onto. There's It's bland. As we even talked, I think, during the Shazam episode, I think there are some movies that are best not to rewatch. Right. That, that are designed to be superficial and enjoyable at that level. And if you watch them repeatedly, you'll just end up hating. I was really worried about that with Deadpool. Since so much of Deadpool relies on the jokes, and that, yeah. that's an issue with a lot of comedies, when you know the jokes, it's hard to still find them funny. But that's why when I find comedies that are just genius. You watch them over and over again, it's just still hilarious. Like anything Mel Brooks. Mm -hmm. So good. We'll get into more specifics later. But One of the things I wanted to ask you, because there are times when, I'll admit, I actively look out, I search out spoilers. I Mm -hmm. actively go and try to find out as much as I can about stuff. Sometimes, though, I'm not even trying and things get spoiled. So how do you like avoid spoilers? Well, I'll get to that. I'm going to backtrack again to what you were saying about Game of Thrones and how you would look at the spoilers and stuff because we weren't watching it until Tuesday. I was watching it on my own either Sunday night or Monday morning before I ever opened any social media or anything because I knew it was going to get spoiled if I didn't. Oh, yeah. Especially the final season of Game of Thrones. 
you would have to try really hard to avoid spoilers for yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, especially so in what's between leaks and spoilers, a little bit of both. Sometimes it's you got a crew on the on the film. Sometimes that that'll leak things out, or sometimes uh, you'll get like a critic that'll review a movie. And they'll do, put out the spoiler review like the day before the movie comes out. And then you get trolls that spread it around. And, and then you get like clickbait that like the opening, like the title of it is the spoiler. And you can't help but read it. That's so infuriating to me. So I actually, when there's a movie that I really want to see, I'm excited for. I won't even go on social media for a couple of days before the movie comes out. Because I'm so actively trying to avoid it. And it's so difficult to avoid it, like you said. And it's... Oh, yeah. Like you said, the... Even the, the titles of blog posts give right, stuff away. Right. Like, you don't even have to, like, read the full article. They'll just give away a major plot point in the title. <laughs> and, it, and it's gotten so bad, too, that they're actually... Filmmakers are now making multiple endings to a lot of the big movies so that even the cast and crew don't know what the ending is going to be, so they can't spoil it if they don't know. And that's it's just ridiculous that we've gotten that far. It is, and, and I differentiate leaks and spoilers as two different things. Like, a spoiler for me is like the Game of Thrones thing. The episode came out Sunday night. Someone writes a blog post about it Monday morning. Right. They actually watched the episode versus leaks of, like, which also happened with Game of Thrones and other things. Like, before season eight came out, there were leaks saying, here's what's going to happen in season eight. Right. Some of those were complete bullshit. So this happens to a lesser extent with spoilers, but sometimes leaks are just not true. They're just like right. people just making shit up. Well, that goes into kind of what we were talking about in the uh, speculation, of, speculation Skywalker. of Skywalker episode. We talked about that a little bit and how you get so many theories on what's going to happen. You get your hype all the time. You're like, oh, I'd really like to see this happen. Mm-hmm. And you really want to see that. And then the movie comes out and it's not the thing you had built up in your head. And you're disappointed. And it could have been a great movie, but you're still disappointed because it's not what you wanted to see in it. So that goes into another, like, leaks versus spoiler versus expectations. I think that kind of goes into the same thing. On that point, do you also avoid fan theories? Yes. So you don't, it's like, so no, because those, you know, they're not true. They're right. not leaks. They're not spoilers. It is like, here's what I think might happen. You don't even like those? No, I, I even don't even like having conversations about what might happen coming up. I don't even want to think about it because it's been ruined. Like, that's, that actually, I, I learned that lesson probably would have been maybe a few episodes ago of the Star Wars movies where just I got my hope built up on what it was going to be. It wasn't that. I was disappointed. I got over it eventually, but at Marvel movies, same thing. Like I get hyped up I'm like, oh, this might happen when the, they were talking about the, the merger between uh, Disney and Fox. And I got all hyped up. I'm like, oh, that means an Ed game. They can bring in the Illuminati and they can actually like build that world like they did in the books. And they didn't do it, and I was kind of disappointed. Well, source material is another interesting pseudo-spoiler. Yeah. You read a lot more comic books than I do. Does that spoil some of the superhero movies for you? Yes and no. No, because I know the movies are going to not be the same. They're taking a general storyline, but writing a completely different plot to it. Like Civil War, huge, very different plot. Okay. Yeah, very, very different. They took the idea of Iron Man versus Cap, but then created a whole new story behind it. So where it does ruin it for me is I know the character so well. If the character isn't portrayed well enough, that ruins it for me. Because I have an expectation of what the character is supposed to be. We talked about that a little bit about Thor at one point. How 
the Thor in the movies is not the Thor that I know and I like, because Thor is actually one of my favorite comic book characters, I have to set that aside and focus on the Thor character in the movies. And I think we've talked about this before as well. So if it is a, a comic book character that you're not familiar with, you won't go search out the material before seeing it. No, like right now, Eternals mm-hmm. is going to be... I'm so excited for Eternals because I'm going to go see a movie about, a, about characters I'd know nothing about, really. So I'm really excited to, to see that through the eyes of somebody that doesn't know comic books. Going back to leaks versus spoilers, I did this for both Avengers Endgame and The Rise of Skywalker. I actively sought out fan theories. I actively sought out alleged leaks. And I read a bunch of stuff. About 50% of the stuff that I read that alleged to be leaks turned out to be at least partially true. Some of the major things that happened in Avengers Endgame, it's like, oh yeah, they did do what that guy said that they might do. But it still wasn't completely true because, again, the authenticity of some of the leaks were highly questionable. But it didn't ruin anything about Avengers Endgame to me because I was just curious about what they would do. But you also weren't as into that series. No, it wasn't going to ruin the movie for me because I'm not as into the MCU as you are. And I still cry every time I watch that movie. (laughs) And then the same thing we already said about the Rise of Skywalker, as we talked about during our speculation of Skywalker episode. I mean, I continue to read tons of fan theories I did see some major things that turned out to be accurate spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker before it came out. Mm -hmm. And even though it didn't bother me, but I was just like, I hope the movie's better than that. If that leak turns out to be true, that sounds kind of lame. And some of the leaks actually did turn out to be true. And it was kind of lame. But still, it didn't bother me. But there are movies which I would argue can't be spoiled. Because there are things that are just not based on a plot twist or a surprise or an emotional thing. It's just a movie that you watch. And knowing what's going to happen, I don't think would change anything. Like a couple of the movies that we didn't do episodes on, even though we were originally going to, like Zombieland 2. We both liked it. We just didn't know what we would say about it. Right. I don't think you could spoil that movie. Yeah, not really. And it's, I don't, spoilers don't matter to me on everything. Just what I'm excited about. Okay. So, and actually, so going back to when I was talking about emotional connection to movies, actually, Endgame is a primary example of that, where realistically, if you step back or you just watch Endgame on its own and you've never seen any of the other 5,000 movies before it, (laughs) it's not that great of a movie. But that emotional connection that I have with the characters that I've had my whole life with those characters, plus the emotional connection with the movies previously leading up to it, that's why I'm crying during that movie. Not because of the emotional things that are happening in the movie. Actually, most of the time I'm crying in that movie, it's not even during an emotional part. It's an excitement of seeing something that I love so much on the screen. And without that emotional connection... But I guess that actually goes into something that about spoilers too, I guess. One of the biggest parts that makes me so happy in that movie is Cap Thor. When Captain America takes the hammer and becomes Thor. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen after the first Avengers movie. It's just a matter of when and how. The reason that I was laughing is Kevin Smith tweeted just a couple of days ago. Religions have been founded on the Bible, resulting in millions of people deriving inspiration and moral strength from amazing stories about fantastic feats of faith. Hundreds of years from now, our descendants will find divine inspiration 
from the story of Cap wielding Mjolnir. Yep. <laughs> I'll take that on that religion. And by the way, you sound exactly like Kevin Smith. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I still found that a cool, emotionally powerful scene. I don't know if I knew that ahead of time, but it didn't surprise me that it happened. But it was still an awesome right. scene. But the on your left scene, if I didn't know that was going to happen there, I wouldn't have cared as nearly like I did. Huh, but okay. not knowing that was going to happen, just flowing waterworks of tears of this is so beautiful. I guess I'm just dead inside. I don't, I don't have that reaction. or It doesn't really bother me to have that type of stuff. You know what? Pretty much every one of my ex-girlfriends has accused me of being absolutely non-emotional. <laughs> I'm like, you just got to put me in front of superheroes, apparently. <laughs> Maybe you need to dress up like Captain Marvel. The other thing about spoilers for me is like they might give away key plot points, but they also have the potential of either being wrong or the same thing that happens with any review, positive or negative, they reflect the reviewer more than what they're reviewing. Oh, stick to spoilers, right? I read spoilers where people spoiled something and said, this is why the movie is bad. And then I'll see the movie and it's like, huh, I don't even consider that a spoiler or why that particular part of the movie bothered you. So like sometimes people react to things that I don't understand why. That goes into just me and you. Like, listening to you talk about it, like, did we even watch the same movie? Right. Like, there's a lot of times that you'll be talking about something that you absolutely hated that didn't make sense to you. I'm like, were you paying attention at all? Or are, are you only focusing on what you didn't like? Did you even give it a chance for the rest of the stuff? And same thing with critics. I've gotten to the point now that I actively avoid... Like, I used to, like, go after after I've seen something, go watch all the critic reviews and stuff, like Screen Junkies and Collider and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I need validation. Am I right on these things? And I listen to them talk about it. I'm like, wow, you're talking like somebody that completely devoid of emotion and you're only feeling emotion you're told to feel? Or you're only liking things that you're told to like about this? Do you have a personal opinion at all on any of this? Because it's like they're all saying the exact same thing the exact same way. Like their film school told them that that's what they're supposed to like about movies. And they've forgotten the enjoyment of just watching and going for the ride. Or sometimes I feel like they were given like a press release from the studio and they're just reading it. Right, that too. They're reading it as if it's their opinion or trying to put their slant on it. But the underlying message is the studio said to say this. I'm not going to say any names, but like other podcasts and stuff that I've listened to that doing movie reviews after the first time they've watched it and critics the same way where they'll talk about like, oh, this happened and it didn't make sense. I'm like, yeah, it did. They said this right here, and that it, that set it up. You, were you paying attention? Did did you not know that? Or you know, a lot of Star Wars stuff. They're like, oh, that this happened, but that's never been done before. I'm like, yeah, it was. It was in this movie in this way. Like they're supposed to be the experts, but they're not even going in depth on anything. They they don't have the knowledge base to be the expert, but they're supposed to be the expert. Star Wars is an easy example for that, too, because like some of the critics, like we've talked before about the critics who love The Last Jedi, loved it, for, from our perspective, for weird reasons. It's like, it's a kind of weird thing to latch on to and say that that was why the movie was great. But, okay, it's your perspective. Same thing as like why people said The Rise of Skywalker was bad. We have an episode about this, but like people really being upset about Rose. 
okay, if that's going to be why you say you think the whole movie's bad, it's like yeah. everyone's entitled to their opinion, but that seems to be a kind of weird thing to hang your hat on. <laughs> but on the other side, too, I mean, stuff like that. And that, there's sometimes where they're like, oh, this movie is great because of this, 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 and this. I'm like, well, yeah, that stuff was good, but overall, it didn't make the movie more enjoyable. It was just a clever thing they did. Yeah, and sometimes I see, I always sound like a dick when I say this. Well, you're always a dick anyway. I'm always a dick anyway. But a lot of times when people like applaud diversity and representation, both of those things are really important. But sometimes they call out, yeah, there's a black and a Latino character. Do we have to congratulate Hollywood every time they put a non-white person in a movie? Yes, representation and diversity matter, but I think you seem like you're going out of your way to say, oh, that otherwise okay movie was great because they had like three non-white people in it. When it feels forced rather than organic. Well, that's what I mean. It's like a lot of times it, it forced, or again, people just, that's the only angle they take on their review. It was like, yeah. how about talking about the story or what the movie was about or something else? Another going back to Endgame, the great example of that, the, the big women empowerment scene that so many people were like, that took me out of it. And it was like, because it didn't make sense. It was a cool scene, and it was great to have something like that, but it felt so forced rather than organic. Yeah, it was rather unrealistic that they would all be on that one part of the immense battlefield at the same exact moment. Especially since in the scene right before it, few of them were in other areas that yeah. there's no way they could have gotten there that fast. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's change gears slightly into another form of spoilers, trailers. Mike loves trailers. It's his favorite thing about going to the movie theater. <laughs> like I seriously, when I go to see, watch a movie that I want to see, I kind of want to just hang out outside and have somebody tell me when the previews are over because it tells the whole movie. It does. Trailers are just ridiculous nowadays. Especially action movies. I mean, you've seen the whole movie because they show you all the best scenes. So then you go watch the movie, you're like, oh, I've already seen that. They show you all the best scenes. They also show you the plot twists. Yeah. So it's like, why do I need to see this movie? Exactly. There was actually, I think the last one we went to, there was like two or three of the three was like, well, I've already seen that whole movie now. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. And, and stuff like Wonder Woman. I mean, I'm really excited for the new Wonder Woman movie, but kind of have a general idea of what's going to happen already now because of the previews yeah. and trailers. They want to show you something to make you want to go see the movie. Right. Some trailers are, the scenes are jumbled up in, in a sequence that's not the sequence right. that they're in in the movie, so it's not completely giving things away. Sometimes it also gives you the wrong impression Sometimes. of how important a scene is or, or what happens in the movie, but most of them are just way too much information. Even for me, I like spoilers. It's like, I kind of wish I didn't see that trailer. Yeah. Well, a good example right now, actually, that's out is the, the new Top Gun movie, but that also actually shows to why they do it and why it works. The new Top Gun movie, I'm like, eh, I'll see it, but I'm not really excited about it because it's 76-year-old Tom Cruise <laughs> doing Tom Cruise things, whatever. I mean, I, I like the original Top Gun, but not like Die Hard that I'm going to go see that. But I was actually, I think I even said the last time we saw that trailer, like I'm like, eh, but then that music kicks in in, in the trailer. I'm like, yep, I got to go see it. Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah, it wasn't that song. <laughs> oh, what song? It, it was the general theme. Yeah, that one. There we go. We just ruined that movie for you guys, huh? <laughs> now you're excited to go see it. 
<laughs> but yeah, trailers are ridiculous in terms of, of what they give away in them. So I actually had the Nintendo game of that, and I used to play it all the time. Ah, uh, okay. Moving on to the next portion here that, that we want to talk about. So we, we talk about it a lot. When a movie is good, one of our main factors is the rewatchability part of it, especially for me. Uh, to me, to a certain extent, too. Yes. So I guess that kind of takes me on a little bit of a tangent here that I wanted to bring up. What makes a movie bad versus what makes a movie good and then how does a movie go from good to great? And I think this is where we might have slightly different opinions on things. So for me, what makes a, a movie bad or good is, is generally just how much I enjoy watching the movie. That's why I don't like horror movies, because I just don't enjoy the experience. If I don't enjoy the experience, why am I going to put myself through that? I'm busy. I've got a lot to do. I watch movies to enjoy something to get away from life. And so that also kind of goes into like a lot of artistic movies and stuff, because while they're often performed well, they've got a lot of thought-provoking material in it, it doesn't really matter to me because I didn't enjoy the experience. I've got life. I live life all the time with the drama and the stress. I don't want to take a break from life to watch mirrors of life reminding me how much life sucks. I don't want that. I want a little bit of joy in my day to take me away from the shitty life. If a movie's good, I enjoy watching it. That's, again, where I go into the multiple viewings. And then if on top of being good, it's got that artistic nature with the plot points, the good acting, the thought-provoking points, and the details, that's where that movie goes from good to great. And I wanted to revisit this. And Joker, to me, is a good example. The movie Joker, we both just absolutely crapped on that movie about how much we didn't like it. Yes. I've since, I've kind of regretted the way that we talked about that because... It is a good movie as far as what it was trying to do. It succeeded in everything it was trying to do. The acting was good. The cinematography was good. The music choices were good. It was very artistic. It did all the things that it wanted it to do. And if that's the kind of movie you like, that is a great movie. But I walked out of that movie going, eh, man, I'm almost more depressed now than I was going into it. And that's saying something. I didn't enjoy the experience, so I don't want to go back and watch it again. So that's why, to me, it wasn't a good movie. It's got all the points of being a good movie, but I didn't enjoy it. So entertainment is escapism for you? Yes, very much. So there's nothing that goes into that real life? Again, if it's an entertaining movie that also has that spin of real life, yes, I love that, because that brings more depth to the movie and more things to think about and more things to dive into about it. Okay. But if it's just about that and there's nothing entertaining about the movie, why would I watch it? I don't need a reminder. I don't need somebody to tell me what life is like. I live a life. For me, rewatchability, as I said earlier, even if I won't rewatch something doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. There are lots of things that's like, okay, that's good enough. I don't need to see that again. But if I am willing to rewatch something, it is usually how I know that I enjoyed something. Like, we brought up Game of Thrones. I know that I don't like the final season of Game of Thrones because it's been not quite a year, but getting close to it since the final season of Game of Thrones came out. I did get an HBO subscription again just before the final episode because I wanted to actually watch the final episode before we watched it together. 
And I had intended to go back and rewatch all of Game of Thrones from the beginning, but I have not watched a single episode of Game of Thrones, nor have I felt myself at all interested in watching a single episode of Game of Thrones since the finale. You know, I haven't either, but I did basically the last four seasons. I started the beginning again and rewatched everything up to that point to remind myself what had happened because we've talked about it before. I don't remember. I have a terrible memory. I remember generally what happened, but I don't remember details unless it's been recent. So I would go back and rewatch the whole thing and then start the new season. I had, like you said, intended to go back and rewatch the whole thing since the final, but I just haven't done it. So many episodes. It takes so much time. Well, that's another somewhat side tangent. Uh, one of the questions I want to ask. When you do rewatch something, do you have to start at the beginning? Like if it's a television show or a series of movies? Or can you just jump in at any point? Depends on how much I've seen it. Okay. If it's something that I've seen a lot, like Batman the Animated Series is an example. Okay. I used to watch that as a child, but I didn't watch it in order as a child. I watched reruns whenever they were on. Gotcha. So I don't need to watch that in order because I didn't see it in order. That show in particular is more episodic. There's not really a through storyline, so right. to speak. So that I can just watch, pick up and watch whenever. But if there's a through storyline, it's much more enjoyable to start at the beginning and watch it through. Like, can you like watch Iron Man 2 without watching Iron Man? I can. But you would prefer to... Well, you know what? Those movies, I just kind of whatever I feel like watching at the time. Because while there's a through storyline, each movie is kind of standalone. But I will say there's, I know, like you had said before at one point about like Quentin Tarantino movies, how you like fast forward to the points that you want to watch. I almost never do that. The only times I've ever really done that was for the airport scene in Civil War. Just because I liked that scene so much and I didn't have time to watch the whole movie. So I just fast forward and just watch that scene a couple times. Or uh, the Vader scene at the end of Rogue One. Yeah. Just because I love Vader so much. I'm like, please teach me how to be you. <laughs> and I'll fast forward to watch that part. So you can watch Endgame without watching Infinity War first. Yes, but mostly I've seen Infinity War so many times that I can replay it in my head in five minutes and then watch it Endgame. And for like Star Wars trilogies, you kind of forget what happens in what movie. So if you were going to go watch the original trilogy, would you have to start with A New Hope? I wouldn't have to, but I would prefer to. But part of that, too, again, with that one is because I used to watch them as a child when they were on TV, so I wasn't watching them in order. I was just watching them when they were on. That's partially why I'm confused on what happens when, because I never watched them in order before. Yeah, because there are times where, like, some of the shows that I watch, like Doctor Who, I can go back and watch any episode of Doctor Who from any season. I don't need to go back to the beginning of that season because I remember all of the storylines. So if they reference something that happened earlier, I know. So I can just jump into Doctor Who anywhere. But that's another show, at least the ones I've seen, where there is somewhat a through storyline, but they're still kind of episodic. They're still kind of episodic. Some of the seasons have a season-wide story arc that the episode is a part of. But there are definitely episodic stories that you don't need to go back. So that I can jump in at, at any point. Same thing with like Star Trek. I'm, I'm a big Star Trek fan, so... Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, I can just jump in anywhere if, I'm, if I just need a quick Star Trek fix. I don't need to go back and rewatch from the very beginning. Same thing for Star Wars. I could jump into an individual movie, but usually if I'm going to watch the movies, I'm probably going to watch an entire trilogy yeah. in one afternoon or something like that. So it depends upon what it was. Yeah, it depends on the feeling and it depends on the time. 
Like if I've got the time to watch the whole trilogy, I will. But if I just want to watch Obi-Wan and Anakin fight, I'll watch episode three. Right. And that's, again, where the whole lazy rewatching comes in with me sometimes, too, is that sometimes I just get analysis paralysis of what new thing, what thing that I haven't seen before should I watch? And I can't decide, so I just go watch something that I've seen before. Yeah, that's, again, rewatchability is a big thing. I, I rewatch things a lot, but lately I just don't, don't have the time for it. And there's so much content out there now I'm still trying to catch up on. That's another big frustration for you is you're like, hey, have you seen this yet? Have you seen this yet? I'm like, no, I'm trying to get there. Well, there's even things for me. There are things that I don't even necessarily like all that much, but they're good for background rewatching. So like if I'm not really in a state where I don't want to have to pay that much attention, there are things that I'll throw on and just have something playing in the background where I'm like cleaning the house or something like that. Well, when I'm doing that, I, that's when I tend to put on like podcasts or YouTube things or something like that. So then I'm, I'm learning something or something that I don't have to look at. If there's a TV show or movie or something that I like that I'm trying to do that, I'm stopping to go watch it. I'm a freelance writer, so I work from home and I, I write. So I, I multitask a lot with both podcasts, but also with TV. I actually can put an actual TV show on in the background and still do my research and my writing without it being that much of a distraction. But it has to be something that I've seen before. I can't put on something new that I haven't seen before because then I'll keep getting constantly distracting. But it also goes back to me, it's the way I grew up. The television was always on in my house. So even when I was sitting in the living room doing my homework, the TV was always on. If, even if I wasn't watching it, someone else in my family was watching it. So right. the fact that like, other people would come over to my house, it's like, how can you do homework with the TV on? It's like, no, the TV's always on. It doesn't distract me. I also work from home, but what I do takes a lot of extreme concentration because I've got a lot of analysis and everything that I've got to be doing. So I also have to have something on in the background. I've got, oh, I want to make sure I'm saying it right, tinnitus, the ringing in my ears constantly. So I have to have something on or that drives me nuts. But then I'm easily, squirrel. <laughs> I'm very easily distracted. Okay. So I can have music on, but then like a favorite song comes on and I stop and I'm singing along to the song and then I've got to re-catch back up. I've tried, like I'll have the news on sometimes because I can block out the news a little bit more because it's so repetitive. But then I've tried like turning on a TV show and I'm like, okay, I'll just somewhat watch this while I'm doing this. And I end up just stopping to watch the television show because it's so much more interesting than analyzing things that I've already gone over a bunch of times. That's not fun. Where'd that squirrel go? <laughs> the reason I bring that up is that if I actually sat down and tried to think about the things that I've rewatched the most, it might give you a mistaken impression of the things that I like. Because some of the things that I've rewatched the most are not my favorite shows. You like things? No. The closest <laughs> approximation to liking, but that's the lazy rewatching of there'll be shows that I do it a lot with sitcoms, even if I've seen like episodes like Big Bang Theory. I like the show, but it's not like the greatest show ever. But I can just throw that on in the background and just watch seasons of that. It's like I'm not really Same. paying attention. But it's not it's not gonna distract me, but it's something on in the background. But just because I've seen most of that show every episode probably 10 times, it's not because it's my favorite show of all time. It's just an easy background show for yeah. me to throw on. Well, here's also, I've, I've got that I've got to complete, I've got to see what happens issue to where I'm, I'm almost picky on what I watch because I don't want to start something I don't want to finish. 
Mm-hmm. So like a good instance of that, like growing up, I used to watch Full House all the time. <laughs> that, that was kind of like what you're saying. Like it was just something to be on. I watched it all the time. So now Netflix is putting out Fuller House, which is terrible, but I have to see what happens. So they put out those seasons and I binge them and I've got to watch them and I hate life the whole time. <laughs> But I got to see what happens. What are they going to do with it? Maybe they'll actually make it entertaining at some point. Still waiting for that. So, yeah, that's also an issue. You wanted to give lists of like some examples of what's rewatchable versus not rewatchable, good or bad. You want to go through your list? So for me, like my rewatchable examples at the top was The Good Place. We just recently did an episode about The Good Place. That show is awesome. Rewatched it for the podcast, but I would rewatch it again. It's a fantastic show. It's also one of those shows, like I was saying before, it's like I could rewatch it all the way from the beginning, or I could also just go through and watch a couple of episodes that I know are really good. I don't need to watch things from the beginning. The whole show is phenomenal, but there are like a half a dozen really awesome episodes that I could see myself just dropping in and just rewatching those at any time. Agreed. And the same thing I already mentioned, Doctor Who was on my rewatchable list that I could jump in at any point on Doctor Who. That one for me would depend on the season. I've only seen limited amounts, but some Doctors are definitely more rewatchable than others. I wouldn't disagree with that. The Netflix Marvel TV shows, not all of them. The ones I like the most were Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I could definitely see myself going back and rewatching both of those shows because I really did like them. Iron Fist, hell no. I did not like Iron Fist. Uh, Cuz you're given up to the hype that everybody else seems to crap on it. No, it's just I just it wasn't so much that I knew a lot about the character. I just didn't like the show. Yeah, actually that it is rewatchable for me. Just I mean all of those shows are for me. But again, that's probably the comic book nerd in me. But yeah, Iron Fist they they could have done so much better with that than they did. Well, that's the thing. Again, even like I said before, just because I won't rewatch it doesn't necessarily mean it bad. Like Iron Fist wasn't horrible. I just have no interest in rewatching yeah. it. Like Luke Cage, it wasn't bad. I just have no great desire to rewatch. Yeah, that I actually kind of agree with that. The story is told. I saw it. If I, I feel like if I were to watch it again, it would just drag. Yeah, but again, Jessica Jones and Daredevil, I definitely could. Punisher. Yeah, Punisher, I would put not on the same level as Jessica Jones and Daredevil, but I I could rewatch Punisher. See, I feel like Punisher is more rewatchable than Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones was great, but similar to Luke Cage, like you already know the story, and not a lot happened episode to episode to make it rewatchable for me. Okay. Star Wars, most stuff. The sequel trilogy is probably the maybe exception of things, like I had said earlier on the podcast. I've come around to saying that if it happens after the events of Return of the Jedi, I consider it non-canon because I just don't like that part all that well. So the sequel trilogy, no, but pretty much almost everything else, Star Wars other than Solo, <laughs> I would rewatch anything. I'll go all Star Wars. It's rewatchable for me. At the time that we're recording this, the seventh and final season of the Clone Wars animated series just started. If I hadn't already done so, I would go back and rewatch all of Clone Wars. I recently did that earlier this year. I rewatched all of Clone Wars and I rewatched Rebels. Actually, I think I may have watched Rebels for the first time because I hadn't seen all of it before. I would rewatch either of those. Mandalorian, I have no desire to rewatch it. But again, it's not bad, but it is a Star Wars thing that I don't want to rewatch. I'm working on Clone Wars. Star Trek, most, but not everything. 
some of the TV shows, because of access, I haven't seen. Like Star Trek Discovery and the new show Picard. I don't have CBS All Access, and I'm not going to pay for it just to watch Star Trek. So some of that stuff I haven't. But the older stuff, Star Trek Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, not all of the movies, but some of the movies. I want to like Star Trek. I feel like the idea behind Star Trek I find very interesting. I struggle watching single episodes, even single episodes. It's so drawn out and boring. And I feel like you know the story. You know what's happening. Episodes are going to be tough to get through because not a lot happens. And, and that's the issue with Star Trek is not a lot happens in the episode. Yeah, the movies probably work better for you. Especially the new movies, the the J.J. Abrams, the ones that you absolutely hate. The very first J.J. Abrams movie wasn't bad. The other one I didn't like. I like those because they become more, more things happen. It's more attention getting. Squirrel. <laughs> That's probably a good example because one of the reasons I don't like J.J.'s Star Trek movies is they basically turn Star Trek into an action movie. Woo-hoo. And that's not what Star Trek is for me. But I could see that that aspect would appeal to you. Star Trek, the series, most of them are, from your perspective, would not be very interesting. It's a lot of talking. It's not a lot of action. And it, it would be stuff that you probably wouldn't have much interest in. To me, each hour-long episode could be 10 minutes. But that also goes into like a lot of people, like the murder mystery stuff and like CSI and stuff like that. I can't law and order. I get why people like them. I cannot watch them. Like, come on, move on. Let's, let's get to the point there. Yeah, I watch a lot more procedurals than you do. Those are ones, again, I don't seek those out to rewatch them but for a while their reruns were on cable and that was another like background show maybe when i'm retired and i have all the time in the world that's never happening (laughs) i put that into the category of i would never actively go out to try to rewatch that stuff they some of them were good but i i put a lot of procedurals in that it's kind of like the junk food of television it's like eating burger king or mcdonald's it's like it's food, you're hungry, but it's that type of television. It's not... And it's going to make you feel like crap later. Yeah, but not... Except that for that <laughs> aspect. For me, it's it's forgettable as soon as you watch it. It's nothing yeah. that really... Some people really love some of those shows, but it's like they're good background stuff where I don't want to use my brain very much. Again, my easily distractedness, something like that's on... That's when I'm like going over and drumming and like picking up my guitar and screwing around a little bit and making the neighbors glad they can't hear me because I'm terrible at it. That's when I'm going and doing it. So I end up not even paying attention and not knowing what's going on anymore because I'm off doing something else because I don't sit still well, especially when something's boring. Well, also those shows are very repetitive. Yeah. The reason that a lot of those shows have been on for as long as they've been on is because it's a simple formula that works for people. There's obviously a huge audience for it that that works for people. But for me, it's just like, no. Movie-wise, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which we recently did an episode on, one of my all-time favorite movies. I can rewatch that all the time. Mm-hmm. For Kevin Smith movies, I don't like all of Kevin Smith's movies. I actually haven't seen all of Kevin Smith's movies. I haven't seen Cop Out. I have not seen that one either. So I haven't seen everything, but I've seen most of his movies, and I, I do like them. Those are another ones of movies where I probably have seen it so many times that you might think that I like Kevin Smith more than I do. Like, I've seen Clerks a lot. 
<laughs> I don't love that movie, but the friends that I was hanging out with at that time loved that movie. Yeah. So I've seen Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy. I've seen most of the View Askew universe. My favorite is probably Dogma, is my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, with good reason. But I've seen most of his movies, and, and I could rewatch. I'm still stuck on, you had friends? I used to have more money, so people hung out with me because I had cool stuff. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> now it makes sense. Now we're going to cry later. <laughs> and Marvel movies, in general, I put into that same category. I don't love Marvel movies, but they're very watchable and rewatchable. And again, there's, there's several Marvel movies that I've seen a lot make you think that I love Marvel movies. It's just like, I just happen to have seen a lot of them yeah. many times. A lot of my rewatchables are similar. Marvel movies, Star Wars, Kevin Smith. I added on uh, superhero animated, especially DC animated movies, but also like the series, like Justice League series. And actually Marvel's got a really good Avenger, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I like that, that show. Yeah, they've got a couple of really good series there. So I really like the animated stuff. And that's stuff that I can put on in the background and do other things and still half pay attention to. Again, because I've seen them so much. Mel Brooks movies. Oh, yeah. Those are just over and over again. Put them on repeat. Watch them again. The genius comedy. That the comedy works on so many different levels. It doesn't get old. Right. And the next one, Trey Parker, Matt Stone stuff. South Park. And some of their older movies are so good. Basketball. Nobody will agree with me. I think one person ever that I've actually shown this movie has ever really liked it besides me. Cannibal the Musical. Haven't seen it. It's so funny. But if you got to be able to understand their thought process of why it's funny, otherwise it's just stupid and terrible. I'm hit or miss on them. Like, I've seen basketball. It's nothing great to me. Then you, will, you won't like Cannibal the Musical. And South Park is also hit or miss for me. I did like Orgasmo. <laughs> so I have seen one. some of their movies, but it's like, yeah, they're, they're people who, again, just because I wouldn't necessarily rewatch them doesn't mean they're bad. It's just like, it just doesn't trigger anything for me. And then the, the last one I put on here is actually the Rocky series. Those are awesome movies. Now, and that one actually, I liked them when I was younger for the boxing aspect and the training aspect, watching how, the, how he goes through the training and stuff. But then I read an interview or saw an interview with, with Sylvester Stallone at one point where he talks about how those aren't boxing movies. It's a love story. You know, at least the first couple are a love story, and then it builds into family. And re-watching it from that aspect just opened up the doors to me of, oh, this went from a fun movie to a good, like possibly great movie. Now, yeah, there's faults. They're not perfect movies. But the rewatchability just exploded through the roof once I started looking at it through that aspect. Yeah, I would agree with that. Those are good movies. The Die Hard movies are like that for me, too. They're rewatched. They're not not, not Rocky movies. <laughs> You're humming the Rocky theme. I'm thinking of the song, I Have... I Have the Tiger, it's the thrill of the fight! <laughs> Let's never do that again. <laughs> the Mike and Jim Musical Hour. That nobody will ever want to listen to. 
So I don't know why Die Hard popped into my head. It's not on the same level of family and love story, but for some reason that just popped into my head as as movies I can easily rewatch. Yeah, yeah. and they're great. Again, like I said, like put them on the background. They're fun to watch. Right. And, and it's kind of those movies that you've seen enough times that you know when to pay attention because it's a good good scene. Yes, exactly. They're great background movies. I don't have to pay attention, but there's a couple of scenes that I'll perk up and pay attention to. I would put the Harry Potter movies into that category as well. I'm I'm gonna say probably. I never really. I've only watched the series once, okay. and I've never really been that. I didn't read the books. I didn't read the books either, and that's another interesting take on the spoilers thing. Like when the movies first came out, I had a friend who loved the books and had read mm-hmm. all the books, and I just went to her and it's like, okay, so what's gonna happen in this movie? Because I, I didn't care. It's like I went to see them. It's like I'm not gonna read the books. The movies are enjoyable enough. I'll go watch them. I don't care if you tell me the plot of the movie. I'll still go see it. But what happens in this one? And she would tell me. And she would say, yeah, they're being fairly faithful to the books. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, I don't, even if you told me that they weren't, it's like, I don't care. Tell me what the plot is. And I would go see those. They lost me at the beginning because of how, I mean, they're for children and about children. So I didn't really connect with those movies. When I watched the series the first time, I liked the ending, like the last couple movies, mm-hmm. but because I didn't like the first ones that much, I was kind of lost. So I recently actually bought the whole series. I keep meaning to go through and actually watch them all and give them a better chance, see if they'll live up to the hype that everybody puts them up to. But Yeah, those are also in that rewatchable, I don't have to start from the beginning. There are definitely a couple of movies that are better than some of the other ones. Yeah. But I do like those. But to understand what's going on, I have to watch the first ones. Yeah, you would. there's a couple of things there plot-wise that you probably, especially if you've only seen the entire series once, that you might not know what's going on. Oh, I know I want I can put on the list that I know you'll agree with. The Lord of the Rings. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you don't like movies about people walking? <laughs> I know how to walk. I can go do that on my own. I don't need to watch 14 hours of people walking. Well, that's like another series of movies. It's like I didn't read the books as religiously as some people did. But it's like I knew the story because I did read the books when I was a kid. There were people who got really mad that there were things in one of the movies that were supposed to be in the other movie. It's like, so what? It's a trilogy of movies. I like... It's a trilogy of movies that could have been done in one hour. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) I mean, again, I'll hand it to them. It looks good. Yes. They developed the world really well. I mean, yeah, there's good aspects to it. I get why people like it, but you break it down, it's a boring-ass series. (laughs) nothing's happening like they have like small bursts of something happening and then nap time (laughs) and i will agree with you on the animation stuff i've been watching especially with the dc streaming service i've been watching some things it's been weird though like young justice is phenomenal right but it kind of not spoils but ruins teen titans for me i can't go back and watch because it's so much better it's so much better than teen titans that I, but it's I, for a different audience. It's for a different audience, but I couldn't go back and finish because I hadn't seen all of the Teen Titans show. I only seen maybe the first two or three seasons, but now I can't go back and watch the seasons I haven't seen. So now you understand when we did that Teen Titans episode why I wasn't fully involved. And I'm like, eh, I mean, yeah, it's okay. It's, yeah. I don't enjoy it nearly as much as you do. Yes. Yeah. At the time we had done that episode, I had not seen Young Justice yet. So yeah, I really enjoyed Young Justice. It actually helped me appreciate the DC universe more and also (laughs) 
reinforce why on my not rewatchable list <laughs> is most of the DC live action movies I have not been particularly fond of. Right. With the exception of Wonder Woman and Shazam, I liked those two movies, but the other movies I have not enjoyed very much. Yeah, Shazam, I'm meh. Wonder Woman, I, I still maintain, I don't think Wonder Woman's going to hold up over time. Okay. And, and some of the ones, like you had said, Shazam broke down for you after multiple viewings. Same thing with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, I enjoyed enough. I have no interest in rewatching it, but it wasn't bad. But if I rewatched it a few times, I would probably hate it. Right. You've already talked about Justice League and Batman v Superman. I don't like them enough to want to rewatch them, but having seen some of the storylines in the comics and the animated series, it's like that story is better in the animated yeah. stuff and comic books. So it's like I don't need to rewatch those movies. For me, those movies, upon rewatching, you start to see what they were trying to do, and that makes it better. Because you start to see what, what the intention was versus what they ended up with. Yeah, and you and Reese had talked a little bit about this in the Superman yeah. episode. About how, somewhat similar to the Game of Thrones, they just rushed. Yeah. Like, the last season of Game of Thrones was bad for many reasons, but the main thing is they just rushed through it. Right. And a lot of those Justice League's movies were rushed. DC trying to catch up with Marvel. Yeah. I can go through my rest of my... Yeah, let's go through your non-rewatchables. So we already mentioned Game of Thrones, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. A more recent one, and not that I'm trying to pick on HBO shows, but The Watchmen. The Watchmen movie, I liked a lot, and I could definitely rewatch that. I have no interest in rewatching The Watchmen series. I'm glad that I watched it. It was good enough for me to have watched it, and I should have watched it. But it wasn't that great for me. Again, it wasn't bad. I just had no interest in rewatching it. For me, that's one I feel like I need to rewatch it again to decide how much I liked it. Because I liked it, but part of the reason... That, that's another one. It had a good story. I enjoyed my time through it. Now that I know the story, I need to go back and rewatch it to see how much. Because there was so much foreshadowing and connection between episodes that you don't know is connected. Now is when I go back and rewatch it again and see those threads and go, oh, that's genius. They put that there and this here. That's where it goes from possibly going from good to great. I didn't read any spoilers for that, but I, I wasn't I didn't really need to. It's just like, I'm just going to watch it. It came out yeah. week to week. It's like I don't really care enough for it to be spoiled or not. I'm glad I watched it. We may do an episode on it at some point, but yeah, I didn't. I don't need to rewatch it, but that doesn't necessarily make that it's bad. Something that I know that I don't want to rewatch is the Arrowverse. <laughs> Basically, the DC CW TV shows, as we talked about. Now I don't even need to watch it. <laughs> Thanks to our Crisis on Infinite Earths episode where I ruined or spoiled. Well, actually, the show itself, the Crisis crossover event. That spoiled, that spoiled half of it. You spoiled the other half. Yes. But even the, the seasons of the shows that I watched that were okay, I just have no interest in rewatching any of it. So, I mean, there were early seasons of Arrow and Supergirl and Flash that were okay, but nothing that I would say, oh, I need to rewatch that. Yeah. So, it wasn't necessarily bad. Toward the end, the later seasons for me, I just got annoyed with the storytelling. But even the stuff that was okay to good, just had no interest in rewatching it. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 good enough, but not good enough to want to go back and rewatch. I'll yeah. agree with you on that. 
Another major show that I used to watch a lot in its early seasons, and now I've just stopped watching it because I just lost all interest in it, is The Walking Dead. I still watch it. When it I first like it. came on, I liked the first. I, I watched the first couple of seasons on a on a regular basis, and I was a fan of it. I just got tired of huh. the show. You know what? I hated the first two seasons. I'm not saying it and, was good. And then after the first two seasons, when I thought it started getting better, and yeah. that's when I started watching. I don't know how many. I think I've seen five or six seasons. I just got tired of the premise after a while. Yeah, I guess for me, that's. I've often fantasized, if that's what you really want to daydream, whatever, of what I would do in situations like that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> just the stress of everyday life makes me think, what if everything just disappeared and all I had to worry about was just finding food and staying warm and just kind of put myself in those shoes? So that I think that's why I like that show is putting myself there going, okay, what would I do in that situation? What would work? What wouldn't work? That's what I like about it. The story itself is, eh, it's kind of obvious. Do you have any familiarity with the source material? Last year or so, I found the box set of all the source material, and I read them all. So I did end up reading ahead a little bit, so I knew it was going to happen in that season. And it did ruin a little bit, because I kind of knew it was going to happen. But the, the series differs just enough from the books that it's not exactly the same. Okay. So, like, something will happen, but maybe it happens to a different character. And some of the characters aren't in the books. They were invented for the TV show. And Yeah, I like it. I, again, I don't know about rewatchability, though. Some of it, that, that's another one. I, if it's on in the background, I'm fine with it. But I'm not going to seek out and rewatch the whole thing, I don't think. Maybe in, like, ten years. Something that I've complained about from time to time on this podcast is my next one on my list, Lost. Fucking hate that show. Never saw it, so I have zero input. And the reason why I fucking hate that show is it was good. It started off with an interesting premise and an interesting story that just went nowhere. And the ending of that show is often called out as one of the worst finales in TV history. So that's an example of I'm not rewatching it because I hated it. We've talked about it on the podcast before about how I love almost all things Spider-Man. But one exception might be Spider-Man 3. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the movie that Mike claims was never made. I was not crazy about Andrew Garfield's movies, but I'll at least rewatch them. And I actually do want to go back and rewatch them because I think I may have not have given those movies uh, enough of a chance. But definitely don't need to go back and rewatch Spider-Man 3 ever. Yeah, this movie that doesn't exist... I'll go back and rewatch it on occasion, hoping it's not as bad as I remember it being, because I want to like... I really like Venom, the character. I did... And actually, I really like the Sandman character. That's why it hurts me to say, because from a Spider-Man perspective, I do like both of those characters. I didn't like... Venom especially, I did. I had problems with. But I also... I never really liked Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I still say, although it has been a while since I've seen them... The first two were good, and Spider-Man 2, at that time when it was made, was probably the best superhero movie I'd ever seen. Live action. No, 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 no don't get me wrong. The, the movies are good. I just never really liked him oh, as gotcha. the actor playing Spider-Man. That's like similar to like, like Andrew Garfield. I just didn't like him as, as Spider-Man, See, and that's why I didn't I like those movies. I love him as Spider-Man. I just hate him as Peter Parker. I'll rewatch his movies, and I'll, I'll rewatch Tobey Maguire's, but I'll skip... Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Which is easy because it doesn't exist. Exactly. Quentin Tarantino movies. 
Now, again, here's another example of it doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad. I just don't like his style of filmmaking. So even his movies that I like, it annoys me that I have to sit through parts that I find boring or excruciating to get to the good parts of the movies. Yet you like Star Trek. It's a completely different <laughs> thing, though. You can't compare Quentin Tarantino to anything else. It's just, I just don't get it. Like, a lot of people gush over how incredible a filmmaker he is. And for the most part, I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I like Quentin Tarantino a lot. And I, and it's not from... Man, it's not, it's not like a jerk crapping on film school. But it's not from the film school perspective of, oh, this is what he's trying to do with this. And this is... I just like... The areas, the parts that you don't like, to me, are developing character. So, like, it's very long and drawn out and boring, but to me, you're getting a hint of this is who the character is when not in an extreme situation. And I like character development. I just don't like... Again, it's hard for me. I don't want to go off on a whole rant. This is just in general. I just don't like his style of filmmaking. I I like some of his movies, though. So it's not like... I don't like any of his movies. In general, I don't need to rewatch his movies, even some of his movies that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. There's just as much to not like about his movies as there is to like. Right. To be fair. My not rewatchables list is very, very simple. Bad movies. <laughs> so it, it kind of wraps back to what I was saying at the beginning. What makes a good or a bad movie? If it's a bad movie, which means I didn't enjoy watching it, I'm not going to rewatch it. If it was something I enjoyed watching, I want to rewatch it. It's that simple for me. So, yeah, really short list. Bad movies. <laughs> and you watch a lot more movies than television shows. Yeah, I don't really watch a lot of TV. That's partially because there, I mean, there's so much there. Mm-hmm. And just the time of it. And I, I like to binge things. And if I don't have the time to sit and binge it all at once, by the time I get back to it, I kind of forgot what happened. I struggle with television shows if it's something I'm trying to watch like in order as a series. If it's like standalone sitcom episodic, fine. But yeah, I don't really watch a lot of TV shows. I have a completely nonsensical perspective. I watch a lot more television than movies, but I'll do stupid things like, oh, I don't want to spend two hours watching this movie, but I'll spend six hours watching a season of a television show. (laughs) Yeah, I said that. Like there's like... A couple episodes we were going to do on a movie, and you're like, yeah, I don't really feel like watching that right now. Instead, I'm going to watch this all day. I'm like, two hours is exactly, all yeah, it would take. Exactly. It's like I, I make that decision all the time, and it's like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That, again, comes back to even weird lazy rewatching. I'll rewatch an entire season of something, which would take up a lot more of my time than just spending yeah. two hours watching a movie I haven't seen. But that's why it gets... On the opposite side, that's why it takes me so long to get through TV shows is I don't have enough time to watch a movie, so I guess I'll watch one or two episodes of this. And that may not happen again for three weeks. So I guess just to wrap this up for a a quick conclusion, so we have two different perspectives on spoilers, which is why we hear Mike complain a lot about spoilers. A lot. A lot. And why we approach that differently. I actively search out spoilers because I use them to help decide what I want to watch and what I don't want to watch and also helps me pay attention. It saves me from rewatching things because I can watch things just once. Spoilers in some cases will drive me to watch something because 
sometimes someone will say something really, I guess almost if it's a spoiler, but like a negative review, weirdly sometimes grabs my attention more than a positive review. Imagine that. Because, no, because I was like, is it really that bad? So sometimes I watch some things to see if they're really as bad as the negative reviews are. Well, I guess similar to that, I guess if I see a critic saying that something is really good, I just assume it's going to be terrible for me. And if they say it's bad, I'm like, oh, I'll probably like that. Yeah. So I think we both get motivated a little bit by that. Yeah. So we definitely have a different perspective on spoilers. Our rewatchability is somewhat similar. It's a key metric for determining was something good or bad and definitely was something good to great. Yeah. What I found interesting in this conversation and something I've been kind of thinking about as we've been doing this podcast and listening to how you think about particular movies versus how I do is what we enjoy about movies and TV shows and what we're looking at and looking for. I think that's an interesting thing and in, in why, why we argue about movies so much and, and stuff is we're looking at it from such different perspectives. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I find that interesting. Okay, so let me spoil the rest of the Arrowverse for you. I hate you, Jim. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at FanboyandHater. Email us at TheFanboyAndTheHater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, FanboyandHater.Podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.